This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I am fired up today. What's going on in this last eight days of the Biden administration, I, could I say, the first eight days, is just totally out of control to the point where the New York Times even called out all, all of his executive orders and actions. Senator Roger Marshall joins us, the new senator from Kansas. Can't wait to talk to him this hour. And Susanna Martinez. She knows exactly what it's like being in control of a border state, knows exactly how great it was to get more Border Patrol out there, get security up there, and get that wall up, and how disappointed everybody is with what we're seeing now with oil and gas leases stopping on federal land, or at least on a pause. Nobody's building the wall. Pipelines have stopped. Literally 20,000 jobs in two days stopped by a guy with a pen. It's unbelievable. Now, sometimes you sign an order and eventually it costs jobs and an election pops up and the midterms happen and they go, wow, that was a mistake. But no, it's happened right when he did it and he knew it. Let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Everyone trying to determine where the party goes. We should not want to go back to the Republican Party before Trump. We gained a lot of people that were unheard, unseen, many of whom had just been misunderstood. And the party's not willing to give up Trump either. Republicans are actively urging members to stop fighting each other as Cheney and Kinzinger find themselves under fire for condemning Trump's role in the capital raid. Isn't this the party that complains about the cancel culture? Snap out of it, people. Come together, get back to House and the Senate and save the country. Number two. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out. An angry dad. Man, does he speak for you? He speaks for me. He's speaking in front of the school board in Virginia. Back to school or get no buck. Sound fair? Irate parents have had enough. The data says back to school, back to sports. The kids are begging for it. Virginia, Los Angeles, Chicago, Portland, and New York. I am talking to you. Teachers, stand up to your union. I know you want to teach. Please do it. Number one. We are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Mind your words. That was Joe Biden, October 15th of 2020. Getting worse by the day. Unilateral, pure party, green ideology is what's being jammed down America's throats on a daily basis. As the Biden bunch tried desperately to tell us we are all going to be better off, especially the soon-to-be unemployed. Really? 
No joke, folks, if I could steal your phrase. Details are coming your way. So look what happened. Yesterday, we heard about the XL pipeline's got to stop. Eleven to 15,000 jobs stop instantly the next day. You have lost jobs directly when you stop building the wall. Five to seven thousand and you cost us money because the penalties built into the contract you sometimes have policies as i mentioned minutes ago where it's the ancillary damages short-term uh job loss in retrospect when you pour over the data but this is directly this is take off your hard hat you are fired and he did it because they are so afraid of their left and this green movement By the way, some of the things that Joe Biden is doing is right from the new Green Deal from AOC, led by Senator Schumer, who's afraid, according to The Wall Street Journal, and I don't doubt it, of being primaried by the Queen's bartender, who I'm not saying bartenders are bad or she's not talented. I'm telling you she's not experienced and she should not be a leader. What is he afraid of? So Joe Biden comes out. It says, you're not drilling on federal land. We're going to pause it. You're not going to be doing fracking or anything else. We're going to pause it. We're going to stop you drilling in Anwar, even though you started to get a five-acre patch. The drilling was going to start this week. The XL pipeline stopped two days ago. The wall stopped yesterday. People are just going home. Don't tell me they have other jobs. Don't tell me they got to make solar panels. Show me the want ads and a place to go that day in the town that they are in. You have no right to do this. This is not a priority. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Unemployment is at 6.7%, likely higher. Some people have quit even trying because this economy is not standing up. Listen to John Kerry try to tell us we're not. he's not costing us jobs. Cut four. Coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. So uh, what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. But unfortunately, workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right, for the last few years. They've been fed uh, the notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. It is. Are you crazy? People are being responsible. These companies are doing electric cars. They will gradually retrain if they can, switch states if they must. And that's what happens with capitalism. But you are actually putting your hand on the scale. The same way with Solyndra and uh, Cash for Clunkers. Remember those terrible deals that just told everyone to turn in their car and get a new one? We lost a ton of money on that. And plus... Can we please stop telling people what they should do for a living? Because you have somebody in your left who thinks the earth's getting too hot by one degree. While John Kerry with the one breath says we got to do this, it's an emergency. Senator Schumer urges President Biden to make it an emergency. You even have John Kerry admitting that even if we do everything, it won't change much because he's only one person. And we're only one nation. Cut five. He also knows that Paris alone is not enough, Uh, not when almost 90 percent of all of the planet's emissions, global emissions, come from outside of U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow, and the problem isn't solved. The science tells us we have to. Yes, it's a lot of money, but you know what? It costs a lot more if you don't do the things we need to do. He went on to blame uh, climate change on storms. I'm pretty sure there were storms before the combustion engine, unless people were just writing stuff that didn't happen during the Holy Roman Empire and during the Bible. 
I'm pretty sure you couldn't blame that on coal. Not positive, but pretty sure you can't blame that on coal. So we are getting this jammed down our throat to the point where this is the president that told us we're all going to come together. We need to work on the same uh, from the same hymn sheet. We can disagree, but not be disagreeable. Mimi, we stop. Got to stop the uncivil war. Remember this. These are the words. All he does is unilateral action between the actions and the decrees. Thirty-seven executive orders and actions. Thirty-seven. I think the next highest one was five at this point, and he's going to sign two today, one for health care, one for immigration on Friday. Screwing up immigration. It's settled down at the border. You don't need this problem. You need to control our borders because of the pandemic. By the way, they wouldn't let you know it, but in, over the last two weeks, cases are down 37 percent and deaths are down 2 percent. That's a lagging indicator. We're starting to get a hold of this thing. Magically, governors like Newsom and Cuomo are suddenly realizing they should open up. That's because you have a Democratic president. That's part of this. So the other problem is during this pandemic, what's happening, unnecessary pain. You have this, got to get treated, got to get Regeneron. You got to get everything you can to stay alive. Understood. Underlying conditions, you got to be make sure that you're doing everything possible to make sure you're not exposed. Got it. But the unnecessary pain is my problem. Shutting down restaurants for no apparent reason. Making people go back to their house with 70-plus percent of the transmission takes place. Having curfews that destroy the few restaurants and bars that are open or just keeping them shut. Or telling people in cold climates like uh, Chicago and New York City to eat outdoors in a tent and telling us that's the only safe thing to do. But the biggest story is these schools. Shutting down schools when kids, for the most part, aren't at risk and teachers Teachers are in front of the line to get inoculated is unacceptable. And when I heard this one teacher, no question in my mind, the minute I heard it, I said, this has got to be gone viral. Listen to this one parent who shows, shows up at a board meeting in Virginia. Keep in mind, they have all the stats that show they should reopen the schools, but they're simply not. They keep moving the goalposts. Yesterday, we brought you one parent who was calm and deliberative. Now I want you to hear the other one. And listen to, you can hear him build with his anger and frustration. Tell me you can't relate to this. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a lot of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. Oh, my goodness. Is he right? Figure it out. We're not saying it's easy, but in life you figure it out. You didn't get the job. You didn't get the, the property you wanted. You have to deal with a personal thing. You don't throw in the towel. You figure it out. They're throwing in the towels in these districts, and it's out of control. Got two great guests next, so don't move. Senator uh, Senator. And Dr. Roger Marshall of Kansas, Kansas, one of our hottest markets. We appreciate that. And Susanna Martinez, the 31st governor of New Mexico. She joins us. She was there for eight years and sees what's happening over the last eight days. Don't move. Politics, current events, and news that affects you. Brian's got a lot more to say. Stay with Brian Kilmeade. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. There shouldn't be any federal taxpayer money of COVID relief going to schools that aren't open. The purpose of the money is to open the schools. If the schools aren't going to open, we shouldn't send you the money. Absolutely. And they're not opening in Chicago, not opening in Virginia, not opening in New York City, not opening in California. It's got to stop. Senator and Dr. Roger Marshall was one of the first, if not the first, to speak out about the coming pandemic. A year ago, he was in the House. Now he's in the Senate from Kansas. Joins us now. Senator, welcome back. Do you agree with Marco Rubio? Absolutely, Brian. And don't forget, let me just say, go Chiefs. Marco Rubio and I have a bet on that Super Bowl game. I'm betting Kansas City barbecue, and he's betting Stone Crab Claws. So, uh, yes, I agree with Marco. Getting our kids back in school is a huge priority. I think there was just an article printed in the Journal of uh, American Medical uh, just yesterday or the day before saying that schools are not super spreaders, that we have the technology, the techniques uh, to make those limited um, limited spreading. It's less less of a spreader than being out in public. So I think there's a way to safely and responsibly have kids back in schools. And if they're not going to have the kids in school, what do they need to do with the, Why do they need the money? So I agree. Uh, Senator, how do you like being a senator? So, you know, I think it's too early to tell. It, it's a great honor. Uh, the boots I'm trying to fill are really big. Senator Pat Roberts uh, was the chairman of the Senate Ag Committee. Uh, and just had done so much for this country, uh, a former Marine, and, uh, and all those things. So those are big boots to fill. It's been a frustrating couple of weeks, I, I just got to tell you, starting with the, uh, the, the, the election issues and then on to the fake impeachment trial. Well, yeah, and hopefully uh, they pull back from that, especially after Rand Paul was smart enough to put that to a vote and only five voted to convict. They realize exactly. it's a colossal waste of time. 
You know what is also happening that is driving me crazy for the last eight days? 37 executive orders and actions. And the last one, the green technology that they're pushing on us down our throats are going to cost minimum 20,000 jobs already. Listen to Gina McCarthy, his climate advisor, cut eight. The most exciting thing about this is that we're not asking for sacrifice here. The president fully understands that people are suffering now. So this is all about recovering from the COVID crisis. This is all about building good, clean jobs, jobs where you can get access to good pay in unions. Name one. I mean, what is she talking about? I mean, could you watch that press conference and actually have your head not explode? <laughs> well, Brian, I, I got to once again agree with you. The the Green New Deal, all these new green executive orders, and by the way, Biden is setting all types of records. He told us he wanted to turn the temperature down, but instead he's turning it up. The Keystone Pipeline killed 11,000 jobs just to start with. The Paris Accord is going to drive the price of gasoline up at the pump, the cost of electricity up at the pump. It's going to make groceries increase because it's going to drive the cost of fertilizer and diesel fuel up for my farmers. And and by the way, I'm all in favor of leaving this country better than I found it. And I'm so proud that our carbon footprint is at a 25-year low. Over the past 10 years, it's decreased about 14% because of American innovation and conservation, not because of government taxes and rules like this. This is certainly Obama part two. And uh, hang on. That's all I can say is we better all hang on. And I'm going to be leading the charge to say, look, you guys got to slow down. You are killing jobs and you're driving the price of goods up and you're helping China and India out. Well, Senator, uh, we're talking to Senator Marshall. Senator Marshall, I understand there's already been a bipartisan call about the $191.9 trillion ask on another stimulus package right after $900 billion. Where is, are those negotiations ongoing, and do you believe more money needs to be in the system? Um, I don't see much of um, negotiations going on. No one asked anybody from Congress, Democrats or Republicans. No one from the White House asked for any put input on the $1.9 trillion. Look, we've already uh, borrowed what, five, six trillion dollars, I bet, from our great, great grandchildren printing money. Let's see where that money lands. Our focus needs to be getting shots in arms and getting the economy going. We cannot print enough money to get us through this if we don't get our economy going. So I I don't think that that's the answer. If we're going to give out more money, it needs to be much more laser focused on on those who need the help the most. I hear you. Uh, Listen to how Alexander Ocasio-Cortez describes the GOP caucus. Cut 17. How do you understand the nature of the caucus of the Republican Party that you serve with right now? This term, there are legitimate white supremacist sympathizers that sit at the heart and at the core of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. How does it feel to be characterized that way? Well, listen, I I would invite Sandy back to Kansas to campaign. The last time she was there, our numbers went up 10 points. People back at home don't really understand exactly how liberal she is. Socialist, communist, you know, whatever, whatever she wants to say. Uh, she has no idea who Roger Marshall is and what my family stands for. Uh, so that's insulting. Um, Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. <laughs> 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. And again, drive the temperature up and just, just wish her the best and hope she stays in New York. And I hope she enjoys her primary against Chuck Schumer because that'll be a fun battle to watch. Senator, uh, there's a big push for <laughs> Kevin McCarthy now. I understand that. Kevin McCarthy now, he wants everyone to stop fighting. Uh, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, are they okay by you because they may disagree with you on the president and impeachment? You know, the, the beauty of Republicans is that we're not lemmings. The Democrats, you know, if, if Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi said jump off the cliff, they'd all jump off the cliff together. But we're a family. And just like your family, I don't know what you guys do on Sunday at, at lunch, but sometimes we have pretty frank discussions and we disagree on, uh, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl, let alone on politics. So, so look, we, we are a family that uh, are very free-spirited. And we're very opinionated. We'll keep sharing. But at the end of the day, we're going to unite for common goals, common goals to get shots in people's arms, to get the economy going, to have strong borders, to make our military strong, yeah. all those types of things. So, you know, I, I, have, I have respect for all those gotcha. people. And, and they've all got something to bring to the table. Senator Marshall, thanks so much. Yeah, stop canceling each other. There's enough out there. Susanna Martinez next. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. We're dealing with this existential threat to the planet and increasing our economic growth and prosperity are one and the same. When I think of climate change, I think of, and the answers to it, I think of jobs. It's about jobs, good-paying union jobs. It's about workers building our economy back better than before. It's a whole-of-government approach put climate change at the center of our domestic, national security, and foreign policy. Really? Uh, I'm a little unsettled by all the executive orders and actions. 37-plus new record by far you could take. All the past presidents, the last five, put them together. They still don't equal this. I thought he was supposed to bring us together, and, man, instantly jobs were lost. You could talk about uh, green energy all you want, but not at the cost of American jobs in the middle of a pandemic, I think. But let's find out what Governor Susana Martinez uh, thinks. She was the 31st governor of New Mexico, uh, did that job for eight years, and in eight days, Governor, man, America looks a lot different, doesn't it? It really does. It is um, shocking to see the executive orders that are coming from President Biden without any consideration to the livelihoods of all of the people that are going to be affected. Just here in New Mexico, we have 134,000 jobs. We are a population of 2 million people. So 134,000 good-paying jobs are going to be affected by this moratorium, not to speak of the Keystone Pipeline, the 11,000 people that have already received pink slips, don't know where they're going to get the money to feed their families. Um, And they were good-paying jobs. And so if his purpose is to get – his quote is the need to grow the new jobs that pay better. Well, we have good jobs that pay very well that are getting – and these – these workers are receiving pink slips, I mean, with no thought behind it and no plan to have it different the very next day or better the very next day. But it's how? Wh- why did New Mexico – now, he's not doing things it's, – it's much more rapid. 
uh, and detached and much more partisan than I thought. But he's not doing things much different than I thought. Why did New Mexico go for him? You know, we're we're um, we Democrats outnumber Republicans three to one, and they are very uh, much used to voting Democrat. Um, you know, sometimes it's personality over yep. policy. Um, and I think if people start to think about what's going to happen to me in my life, whether I like this individual or not, what is the policy? That is going to affect me and my family. Is it going to be more expensive for me to heat my home during the winter? Is it going to be more expensive for me to put gasoline in my car instead of a personality? Um, and, you know, New Mexico has been blue for a long time. However, I was a Republican and I got elected. But it's because I spoke about policies and, and talked to people. What do they need? What do they want? I'm a public servant when I serve. When I was a public servant, it was I was supposed to do for them, not the other way around, that they're just going to do and follow my lead into the, you know, a black hole of unemployment. So you have uh, he's going to spend oil and gas leases on federal land immediately. He's going to identify and double up on offshore wind production. Uh, He wants to really pick up the pace by 2030. But remember, John Kerry prevented these windmills from being put in the ocean to block his view. Remember, John Kerry, Mr. Green Energy, still got a private jet. I don't believe flies on solar panels. And he flies that jet to his yacht. What do you think that runs on? Doesn't it drive you crazy to see these, these politicians try to make you feel bad, take your job away, and then live their opulent lifestyle because he married someone who's good at making ketchup? (laughs) <laughs> you know, it is so unfair that people sitting at home are worried about, you know, do I get in line for the food line where I have never been in all my life of my career because I've worked really hard. And now I'm packing my family in the car and I'm in the food line for a couple of hours because I got to feed my family while you go trancing around, you know, and getting in your jet and uh, making sure that you're, you know, comfortable and you're, you're a multi, multi-millionaire. It, I mean, you're, there's a complete disconnection with the needs of the people and what they do every day in life that is so comfortable and still using the oil, a natural gas that they're trying to prohibit and put a moratorium on. I mean, it just is, you know, it, the word of hypocr- hypocrites is, is a too light of a word. I mean, they're just liars. They say something to get elected, and then they say something else when they're in office. So the the American people paid for uh, 450 miles of new wall, and they got 350 paid for already. He stopped it yesterday. And in 2006, he voted for the Secure Fence Act, which would have been 650 miles of wall. The immigration system's even more dire now because we're in a pandemic. We have no idea who's trying to sneak in here. How disappointed to you as a former governor of border state that it stopped? Or are you anti-wall to begin with? Because I know some Republicans, especially in Texas, weren't for it. I personally have seen it work in action and talked to enough people where I know it works. It's not it's because it's, it's coupled with technology. Where do you stand? That's right. There are several tools given to the Border Patrol on how to secure that border. I was raised on the border in El Paso, Texas. I was the elected district attorney and a district attorney for 
25 years on a border county in New Mexico, and I was the governor of a border state. So I understand this issue very well. And people will come through the point of least resistance, and that is the southern border. This fence is a very good idea, coupled with all the other tools that are given to the Border Patrol. We have people who are being invited to come to the United States because a whole bunch of free stuff is going to be given to them. These invitations and flyers and stickers that are being passed out in Honduras, in Guatemala, in El Salvador say you will receive these free things. Come one, come all. I've seen it. I've, I've been at the border when they're crossing. And what happens is Border Patrol will take their information, but they will be dropped off at all of the communities and neighborhoods along the border, and they cannot absorb this population. We, we know that they're not receiving the vaccine. We don't have any paperwork in reference to whether they have COVID. And then they're going to be released into uh, the United States who can, is you know, trying to do um, the most they can to get the most vaccines into arms, and we're welcoming Hundreds of thousands of people who end up coming through that wall, if they get through, I promise you, it will be more and more and more that will come through. And they don't come through just from Central America. They come from all over the world. And then they go through Central America. And then they go through the path of least resistance, which is the southern uh, border. And Governor, uh, Governor Martinez, here's the thing. We're in a we're in a pandemic to the point where we've banned the Brits. Everyone's got to take a uh, test to even get on a plane. I think that's going to pass soon. Our allies aren't invited here, and we're not invited there. But yet it's okay to have people stream across our border because we want to be politically correct. It's nothing to do with anti-Hispanic at all. No. And, and it just, uh, but this is the easiest argument for Joe Biden to make, and he wouldn't lose anyone on the left who's been sheltering their home for a year because they're so afraid of this virus. Why doesn't he make that argument? You know, when you start making political arguments instead of being a leader and making policy arguments, then you might do a whole lot better with the people you serve. And right now, to make the political argument that they're welcome to come here, but we're not going to let the Brits come to the United States. Um, and, and really, we're in Canada with the, um, with the pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline uh, prohibition and, and a shutdown completely, 11,000 unemployed. We're not making friends. The people we're going to start relying on are people from the Middle East that are not our friends because we're not going to have enough production and we're not going to have the right people in the United States. Uh, in the sense of right, I mean people who want to work, people who want to stay here, people who want to do the right thing. Um, we're going to end up without these allies on our side. We're going to have to count on Russia, Saudi Arabia, uh, Iran, Iraq. Uh, it, it is, for me, unbelievable how our leaders pander to the far left for a vote. I know. And then start to destroy the other half of the United States. And, you know, everyone was fighting for the Hispanic vote. And, you know, Cesar Chavez is behind uh, President Biden. He's over his shoulder in the Oval Office. They, 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 they think they're losing some ground to Republicans in the Hispanic vote, really, to President Trump. And they are. 
and the Republicans are scared to death to look tough on the border because they afraid it's going to be misinterpreted. That's misinterpreted because the people that are here legally are proud of it that are citizens, and they came the right way in many cases. About your party, Lindsey Graham weighed in about the future of the president and bringing the party together. Listen to what he said, cut 27. The reasons that people turn to Trump are even more noticeable after he left. I mean, look at what's going on at the border. They're unraveling the border security that President Trump put in place, the caravans are forming. They're declaring war on fossil fuel industry in America at the expense of uh, thousands of jobs, making us less energy uh, independent. National security is best achieved when you don't have to buy oil and gas from people who hate your guts and are crazy. So that's all being rolled back. So I think we'll come back strong in 2022 to my Republican colleagues. There is no way in hell we're going to retake the House and the Senate without President Trump's help. Now, I know you've uh, brawled with the president a little bit in the past. He does that with everybody. How do do you think Lindsey Graham's right on that? Absolutely. I think he's right on that. And, you know, there are differences sometimes. And then uh, as a Republican who believes in very strong, good policies that are being put in place, President Trump and I continue to have meetings on what is best for my state that I was representing at the time and what is best for America. We didn't close conversations. We continued our conversations. But on policy. Personalities don't bother me at all. <laughs> I, you know, I get beyond that. I'm a grown-up, but I, as a Republican, do believe that uh, Lindsey Graham is absolutely correct. We need to make sure to let those Republicans remember the long game, and the long game in the next election is going to be taking over Congress, making sure that we take the House, and and so that we can stop some of these ridiculous things that are taking place. And that's why I think. Um, the the uh, the moratorium on the oil and gas. There's a joint resolution that's being presented before Congress that they have to approve it, and that this can't be done as the stroke of a pen by President Biden and just saying, "Boom, here's a ban, here's no oil and gas, here's you know education starts whenever you all unions feel like educating our kids. Why they're not essential employees, the teachers? I have no idea because the people who pick up the trash every day." They're essential employees. I've seen parents angry as hell on TV. Their kids, we're going to lose a generation. No kidding. And their kids Absolutely. are important to us. Governor, you have a lot to say. What's next for you? You know, I don't know. Um, this is firing me up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand to see the families, you know, face-to-face at the grocery store and, you know, wherever I may be and uh, here in my state. And to hear them, they're desperate, desperate for the good and the right things to happen. And they had hoped that Biden was going to be, and so many of them, 75 million, hoped it was going to be Trump. Can common sense just come to the world of politics and have some true leadership? And that's all they want. I know. Um, and and you, I think there may be some buyer's remorse. Uh, I hope, uh, you know, I hope people are saying it because there's no negotiation. There's no coming together. There's only words. Governor Susana Martinez, 31st governor of New Mexico. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, you very much. Nah, nice talking to you. one 408 It's time for you to speak out. I gave you a lot to chew on. Let's hear it. Diving deep into today's top stories. It's Brian Kilmeade. 
New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Kevin McCarthy is going to meet with President Trump today. He's been in Florida for a week doing yeah. fundraising because he's determined to try to get the Republicans back in power in the majority in 2022. Um, President's team heard he was there, said, come on over. And Kevin McCarthy said to me, I'm going over because he thinks that not talking is what is wrong with everybody, right? He says, if everyone's going to their corners and no one is talking, you can't get anything done. And he said, I even think that Biden should talk to Trump and Trump should talk to Biden. Um, so he was going to go there and just, you know, we have to all start to figure out a way to communicate with each other. The other thing he pointed out is that the president lost narrowly, but House Republicans, they won. They won. They won all of their, yeah. uh, they kept all of their incumbents. And there's a brand new class of Republican freshmen. We've had many of them on here and it's a diverse group. Yeah, and Kevin McCarthy not backing the president got him fired up. Not that I blame him after the uh, raid on the Capitol. And then he uh, was trying to save some of his sponsors and corporate backers. He's in a tough position. Liz Cheney's taking a lot of fire now. You have Matt Gates over there protesting her, trying to primary her. It's not even up uh, for another year. And number two is you have everyone turning on Adam Kinzinger, who's a great guy still serving our country as an active Air Force uh, pilot. So I think everyone's got to back off. Uh, and start getting along. I mean, when you're going at it with your own party, it's kind of desperate. Also, uh, Joe Biden made everything worse. These are not small things he's signing into law. Not signing into law, but signing executive orders. Steve, listen, WRCN Long Island. Hey, Steve. Hi, Brian. I just want to say I did not hate Barack Obama. I do not hate Joe Biden. I just disagree with their policies. And as far as Biden goes in the immediate moment, do they not realize that for years U.S. corporations are out there working to to concurrently to advance ourselves in energy production, electric uh, production of vehicles and such? And I just wish they'd look at that and allow things to progress in their natural progression. I know. Uh, and then when you force the market, it never works. Hence, Solyndra, those batteries, uh, that, that battery technology that never came to fruition. Sue, listen on WDBO in Orlando. Actually, I should say they sold it to China. Hey, Sue, WDBO. Hi, Brian. What's on? What's your mind? Could you try again? Well, you were talking about how many jobs are lost because of the stop in the pipeline. But what nobody talks about is that when, when that pipeline was okayed by Donald Trump, he mandated that that steel had to be made with American yep. steel, not Japanese steel. So there's a lot of steel workers who are also going to lose their jobs. So that needs to be said publicly. The numbers are probably twice as high as what people are quoting. I agree with you. Uh, that that That's a great point. I brought it up a couple of times, but it's not brought up on a, on a national basis. So what about the steel workers? I've never seen anybody do something that directly affects jobs the next day and then tell us, don't worry about it. 
Well, how do you make solar panels? Well, I'm an engineer. I'm doing something different. I'm a wildcatter. I'm drilling for oil. I want to got investors in order to frack. I don't need your help or your, or your career advice. I need you to get out of the way. How dare you? Imagine someone walking up to you and just saying, I don't want you in a coal mine anymore. I want you to code. That's what Joe Biden is saying. He actually says that. And John Kerry says it even in a more condescending fashion, if that's indeed possible. Way to bring us together. Read Carl Rove's column in the Wall Street Journal. You'll see it's not just me. Everyone's getting this. It's jump in the lake, I won, which is not what you said at the inaugural. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Go to BrianKillmeadShow.com or to the podcast right away. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, we are coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. Chris Wallace is waiting on deck, and Cynthia Loomis is also here, Republican from uh, Wyoming. Um, and she, of course, is uh, she's the senator there. And there's a lot of controversy in Wyoming because Liz Cheney uh, was smart, and she spoke her mind, and uh, now she's getting a lot of blowback because she voted to impeach the president and um, thought he should be impeached. In the House and among leadership, that's not going too well. I actually think the Republicans got to right back off on her. She's extremely talented, smart, and tough. And the last thing you want to do is divide on that count. Uh, so we'll talk about that and so much more. And keep in mind, too, we're in New York. Guess what? There's a Republican, there's a Democratic president. And the Democratic governor suddenly realizes, I'm going to get a plan to open up this city because there's not going to be anything left if we don't. Really? It's amazing. Donald Trump said that almost every day. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. And Kevin McCarthy said to me, I'm going over because he thinks that not talking is what is wrong with everybody, right? He says if everyone's going to their corners and no one is talking, you can't get anything done. And he said, I even think that Biden should talk to Trump and Trump should talk to Biden. We have to all start to figure out a way to communicate with each other. That is a very smart uh, Dana Prino talking about the Republican Party. Republicans are actively urging members to stop fighting each other as Cheney and Kingsinger find themselves under fire for condemning President Trump's raid. We'll talk about it. Uh, aren't the, the Republicans, the party, complaining about canceling people? Are they canceling each other? Number two. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping she- schools closed. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system figure it out oh man i understand that anger back to school or you get no bucks sound fair irate parents have had enough the data says back to school back to sports they are not bringing the kids back to school back to sports the kids are begging for it in virginia los angeles chicago portland and new york i'm talking to you teachers stand up to your union you want to teach 
So go do it. Number one. We are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Yeah, it would help if you went for it. You didn't. You're just signing everything into, into your executive orders and actions. Getting worse by the day. Unilateral pure party green ideology, which was being jammed down America's throats on a daily basis as the Biden bunch tried desperately to tell us we're all going to be better off, especially the soon-to-be unemployed. No joke, folks. Details coming your way. And then this. Now it is time to clear the airwaves for the original receptive. I just want to finish with you for one second. So can I do a little name dropping? Uh, sure. So here I am. I was at a very nice resort in the Bahamas for five days. Ah, yes. Quiet as you do. And I'm walking past the spa and there he is. Couldn't have been nicer. Paul McCartney. No way. Yeah, way. He was in the workout room doing a headstand, a perfect headstand. You know, you're you're one of these people that everybody likes. People like you, uh, like George Clooney. He invited me to come to his villa on Lake Como to spend about four or five days there. George Clooney's villa? It's about the most beautiful place on earth. We ate great Italian food, drank great Italian wine. Well, that sounds luxurious. Anyone else? Actually, I have a LeBron James story to tell you. We went to Italy. Of course you did. And who is in the Temptation Room in the Paolina restaurant in Capri? You said look up. That was a clue. LeBron? LeBron. LeBron is there. Did we think that's impressive? The virtuoso of vacations, the sensei of celebrity encounters, and Fox News chief international celebrity resort correspondent, Chris Wallace. Caviar dreams and champagne wishes. Here it is, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. It's unbelievable. And then you and then you end the show on Sunday with Brian Cranston, the best actor in the country right now. The best actor in the world. Now, you know, that that that's first of all, I mean, I know you resent the fact that you lead a humdrum life there in Long Island and that I am hobnobbing with all these people, but you put those together and it makes me sound like a total jerk. No, I think you do that, that by yourself without that, without our months, opens. Three or four months, those, those people. Well, I mean, it, it does show you that you do, you know, you are on a different level. A different level than what? I mean, what would I ever say to George Cooney? Nothing. That's why I don't get the invitation. If I, pro- uh, if I was savvy, worldly, cosmopolitan, sexy, I would have gotten the invite. Same thing with LeBron and your other famous listen, friends. LeBron didn't talk to me. I said... Uh, hello, I said, it's the king. And LeBron said, can I just go have uh, dinner at my table? So he, he actually he was kind rude. of uh, yeah, he was he snubbed rude. me. But in any case, I, I, I want to talk about something. As long as we're off the track of the news, I want to talk about something, okay. which is Brian Kilmeade's boundless ambition. Now, let, let me see if I got this straight, just for a minute. Yep. You do three hours of television every morning. Five days a week. I know there's math not included here. That's 15 hours of live television on the Fox News channel. Is that correct? True. And then you do, what, three hours of radio every day, five days a week on the Fox radio network. That's another 15 hours, correct? Correct. So we're now talking 30 hours a week of live broadcasting. Yes. And then I turn on my TV last week. And there you are in primetime, 7 p.m., auditioning for the Fox primetime show, which is another 
five hours a week. One hour. So, yeah, so well, one hour a night. One hour, yeah. five days a week. It's another five hours. So what did you think? How did I do? <laughs> well, here's the – no, but before – and I will answer that, but here's the, here's the question. If you were to get that, and obviously you're auditioning, and it's Maria Bartiromo this week, and there'll be somebody else next week, would you do the 15 hours in the morning, the yeah. 15 hours in the radio, and the five hours at night, given the fact that you're on the air starting at 6 in the morning, you'd get off at 8 p.m. at night? I, pro- I would do all of it. You would do all of it? Yep. Does it occur to you Yes. that perhaps... America might get a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) From a guy that does one hour a week? Exactly. You know, my agent says to me, you are the highest paid person in in television. I say, well, I don't make as much money as Brian Kilmeade. He says, he does does 30 hours a week. You do one. Do it per hour. So I suppose maybe I am. Well, the thing is, it's not about the money. You know what it is? It's a big gym. And they say, okay, today we're playing soccer, tomorrow we're playing basketball, the next day we're playing football. Why would I say no to any of it? Well, uh, I mean, I know your family doesn't like you, but you don't like them either? Well, put it this way. You would literally be on the air from 6 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. Right. That's not too much? Well, I still got that series, What Made America Great. Got four new episodes coming out. I would not mind being the power player on your show Talking about my series now, it's got 20, I'll be up to 27 episodes. And then you've also got the books, right? Got a brand new rolling out in the fall. So what's what's the deal here? Why are we so supercharged? Why is it that we can't say no to anything? I have a, a lack of interest in hobbies. I've already met enough people. I'm not looking to meet <laughs> new people. Uh, no one really friends. talks to me. And plus, there's nobody right. in New York anyway. I literally put my backpack on and walk down to the city that's, that's empty um, besides, besides a few people boarding up their buildings. And then I uh, hop on a train by myself because no one's on it. And I come home, and, um, and my family's a little bit not really that interested in how my day was. So I figure, why not go back to work? Well, they don't have to worry, ask about your day. If they just have a TV and a radio on, they know how your day was. You're on TV and radio nonstop. It's unbelievable. Right. So how did, did I do did it? Enjoy, how did I do did it, seven? it? How did I do it, did seven? You, did you enjoy the 7 o'clock, the hour? Fun, I've always liked doing different stuff. But, um, and that was something different to do. But, you know, I got a, a chance to fill in for Tucker. I've not been able to fill in for you yet. I guess Mike Emanuel, you like him better. Uh, Brett Baer, wow. he seems nicer. Not filled in for you. Plus, it's network television. And I can't curse or anything. And that's when I really make my bread and butter, when I use foul that, language. You know, it is the big fox. Right. It is yeah. the big fox. I know. It's the network. All right. Yeah. So, so we're I think talking I've... about this little cable channel. We're talking about the fox. We're talking about the NFL uh, on, 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 you know, Fox. I mean, it's the big deal. It's the Super Bowl channel. All right. So you didn't think I did that good. That's all right. I thought you did great. Oh, okay. I just, I, I, I must say my overwhelming reaction is him again. That you were <laughs> <laughs> you do all the mornings. You do all of the, you know, right. the late morning, early afternoon with with radio, and now you want to do another hour. It, when, when will the when will it be enough for Brian Kilmeade? I I thought it makes me a good employee. I mean, I thought that that was just because it's television. Isn't that what makes up a good employee? When asked to do something, you do it. You, um, you could say no. 
Then I become so, a former. Know, I, then I, I, I become a former employee. I do six hours a day. No, they're not going to fire you. I do six hours a day. That's I think I'd be a reasonable answer. I got to get up at six in the morning. I don't want to be still at Fox at eight o'clock at night. And then with your commute, I mean, what time do you leave your home in the morning when you go into the city? This is, you have never been this interested. But I got to say this: it's not like you're doing this because you respect it. It seems like you're like angry at it. I mean, it's like no, your approach not, seems to be like a little ticked just, off. I just find it. I find it. Interesting. I'm up at 2.30. What time do you leave? Uh, I'm up at 2.30. I'm on my way at 3. So you're out of the house at 3 in the morning. Now, when you did the show at 8, now I don't know if you're doing it at home because of COVID, but if you did the show and you're off the air at 8 o'clock at night, what time would you get home? I would get home at about – I'd get home quick because no one's on the road because no one works anymore. So I was home by 9. And I was able to hop on the Peloton two or three times of of those five days. And when I come in – I actually went out of my way to say, guys, we're picking something out on Netflix, and we did two things. We watched Social Dilemma, which is everybody's got to watch that. I'm telling you right now, uh, Chris, it's life-changing. You have to watch Social Dilemma. It's a documentary on social media, what it's doing to us. And then number two, I watched One Night in Miami with Jim Brown, Cassius Clay, uh, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X. And we did that as a family with the dogs in the den. So that so I had this, everything. Was this after you finished at eight o'clock yeah. at night? Yeah. Because so what time did that end? What time did that end? It ends around ten forty-five. And then you have to be up at two in the morning. Is this our whole segment? Well, I, I, you. So basically, I, I only have two minutes. It's a lot left. more interesting to your audience than anything you and I would normally talk about. <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> I don't so, need. I don't so need you, much sleep. You, you, you can live on three hours of sleep a night. Three and a half. Really? Yeah. Wow. Me and the president were very similar. President Biden? Former president. Yeah, I'm sorry. Former president. <laughs> <laughs> I think President Biden likes his nine hours. Right. So, Chris, I'm going to bring you to one yes, serious sir. topic. New York yes, Times sir. editorial. Ease up on the executive orders. 37 or 39 executive orders and actions combined. And, and this a lot of this stuff is costing instant jobs. 5000 at the wall, 11000 uh, Eleven to fifteen thousand on the pipeline. Your reaction? Where do you side with the New York Times, or you think Joe Biden's doing the right thing? I think that if the New York Times, which is not a, I would say, a, a, an anti-democratic uh, establishment, says ease up on the, uh, if it's too much for the New York Times for a Democratic president's executive orders, it's probably time to stop. I, 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 you know, and I can't as far believe as the jobs it. are yeah. concerned, yes. I have mixed feelings about that. You shouldn't. You know. Okay. Well, I guess we're done. <laughs> no, real quick. <laughs> you know, why, why do you have mixed feelings? Well, uh, because, uh, because look, I'm, I'm t- let's talk about the serious things like climate change. Uh, climate change, you know, I believe in climate change. I believe that, it, that men, that humans contribute to it, that it's a problem, and, and we need – to address that, and we need to wean ourselves off fossil fuels. On the other hand, I understand that there are millions of people who have jobs associated with fossil fuels. So on the one hand, I think, you know, the horse and buggy business, uh, you know, had some problems when they started putting the Model Ts off the assembly line. I understand uh, technological change, and that creates problems. I think that if Biden really is serious and he wants to wean us, and you can't cut us off immediately, off fossil fuels and all onto alternative fuels, he has to have a program so you, that you you help those people and you provide. You know, Absolutely. If you're talking about 
about paychecks. You've got to help those people right. as they make the transition, and you can't just snap your fingers and say a coal miner is suddenly going to be uh, a solar panel. Well, I, I'll give you a better example that we can agree on. If you're building a pipeline which has zero impact on the environment, the oil is going to be used anyway, and you just tell 11,000 people you're out of work, but they did five environmental impact studies on the Obama years and it has no impact, they literally went home the next day. But this is what gets me. John Kerry's leading it. The guy's got a yacht and a private plane. I believe it doesn't run on batteries. Here's what Kerry went on to say yesterday. Cut five. He also knows that Paris alone is not enough. Uh, Not when almost 90 percent of all of the planet's emissions, global emissions, come from outside of U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow and the problem isn't solved. The science tells us we have to. Yes, it's a lot of money, but you know what? It costs a lot more if you don't do the things we need to do. And we only have less than a minute, but we got, I'm going to go to this sentence. We can go to zero tomorrow, and the problem isn't solved. Well, I, I, that's good. That's smart. I'd rather have them say that than say if we go to zero tomorrow, it's going to make a big difference because it won't. You know, China and India are going to keep polluting. But having said that, I think that we need to be part of the discussion about how we all go down. And meanwhile— can I just say, I think it's an hour in the afternoon you're not doing anything. I, You know, Neil Cavuto, you could replace him. Come on. <laughs> no, Neil's the best. But I am doing Outnumbered on Monday. And oh, I do, my God. And I do have a series I'm very excited about. The Truman White House, I go to the Keys. I went to Inside the Washington Monument, a tour you've never seen before. And we relived the life of the spies during the Revolution. Those are just three of the specials that I could think of that are going to be on my brand new series, which I hope I become the power player on. I'm going to give you some time to think you, about this it. This is the second time you've, you've made a shameless pitch for the power player. All I can say is this is Brian Kilmeade, folks. This is the true Brian Kilmeade. Enough about my series. How about me? That is Brian <laughs> Kilmeade. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. We're going to watch you on Sunday. It's going to be a great show. Thank you. I also, you you know, you could do my show. What the hell? (laughs) Back in a moment. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back. Terry listening in Oklahoma, KRMG. Hey, Terry. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good. What's on your mind? I just had to call in after listening to Chris Ribu. I watch you in the morning before I leave for work. I listen as I am right now in the car on my way to work, and I am rooting for you to get that uh, primetime spot because I thought you were great the other night. Oh, thank you. You have you have great energy, and I don't know where Chris is from, but I'm originally from Long Island. We were moved here years ago with American Airlines when they moved us all out here. And I just have to say – you have the New York energy, just like Trump. A lot of people don't get us. Um, <laughs> I love – yeah, they don't. We're straightforward, direct-talking people who tell you the truth. Um, some of us have better presentation than others. Um, but, you know, that's exactly why I listen to you is straight talk, truthful answers, and I mm. really hope you give us that 7 o'clock time slot. Well, and thank we'll you. thank your family later for your – And if I get it, I'm going to thank Terry from Oklahoma. 
Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. So what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. But unfortunately, workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right, for the last few years. They've been fed uh, the notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Uh, immediately, it did right away. What is he talking about? That's a guy who never had a job outside government in his life, who married a woman that's beyond rich, who flies around a private plane and goes to his yacht, probably can land the plane on his yacht. And he wants us to sacrifice, and he wants a bunch of people in hard hats just to go home and just wait for a call from the solar panel company. Most of those companies are making their solar panels in China. Senator Cynthia Loomis, uh, Lummis, I should say, joins us now from Wyoming. Hey, Senator, welcome. Thank you, Brian. And you are exactly right to hear uh, Democrat John Kerry uh, tell blue-collar Americans that this isn't going to hurt you when they just got handed their walking papers on the Keystone XL pipeline uh, is it's just so false. So what about Wyoming? How do the people of Wyoming feel? You have energy there. You guys frack, correct? We do. We have oil, gas, coal, uranium. Uh, we have also some non-hydrocarbon minerals that are very valuable and important. There are a lot of mining and oil and gas jobs in Wyoming. And the effects of the Obama administration's policies towards coal uh, were tremendously dramatic for our state. Uh, the uh, effects of uh, refining uh, reforms have been tremendously uh, impactful to my state. A whole bunch of refining jobs have been lost in Wyoming. And now here comes oil and gas with this ridiculous uh, ban uh, on new energy development uh, in the form of oil and gas. So here's what the New York Times says, an excerpt. They excoriate him for the executive orders. The title is Ease Up on the Executive Orders. It says, this is no way to make law. A polarized, narrowly divided Congress may offer Mr. Biden little choice but to employ executive actions or see his entire agenda held hostage. These directives, however, are a flawed substitute for legislation. They intend to provide guidance to the government and need to work within the discretion granted uh, by the executive, by existing law or constitution. They don't create new law, though executive orders carry the force of law, and they are not means to serve as an end run around Congress. What bothers me most, Senator, is not that he's doing it, but they didn't even try doing it a different way. And he was the one who called Trump a dictator for doing executive actions, and he set a record, signed more than all the last five presidents combined. Exactly. This is an end run around Congress. There are three laws, at least, uh, that establish the uh, American plan uh, for uh, mineral leasing, for land policy and management, and for outer continental shelf 
development of oil and gas uh, just offshore in the Gulf of Mexico. And all of these laws are being abrogated uh, by this new executive order. So we are sponsoring legislation to prohibit the president from issuing new mineral or energy development moratoria uh, in federal lands and water without congressional approval. Whenever he's going to adhere to that. And, of course, that's not going to pass the Senate, right? Probably not. uh, But we are trying to put so much pressure on him by having such a large uh, contingent of U.S. senators and House members co-sponsoring this bill uh, that he will get a message that he's going too far. Interesting. Senator Cynthia uh, Lummis joins us now from uh, she's uh, Wyoming now in the Senate. And Senator, uh, your other senator uh, is also upset about this and we're seeing what's going to happen. But that's what happens when you lose the House and the Senate. The other thing which is befuddling is that they're moving forward with next February 8th, beginning of the impeachment trial. Suddenly, Tim Kaine and Senator Susan Collins are saying, do you want to just do a censure and call it a day? But doubling down is Senator Schumer, who says we absolutely will have a trial. Uh, Where do you stand? Well, I think it's unconstitutional to impeach uh, a private citizen. Uh, The U.S. Constitution provides a a procedure for impeaching a sitting president, uh, but former President Trump is now a private citizen. Uh, If we can have a trial and convict a private citizen, a former president, we can do it, whether it's Barack Obama or George Bush or Bill Clinton. Uh, So if I were a former president... Uh, I would be contacting Chuck Schumer right now saying, hey, man, uh, this sets a horrible precedent uh, for our nation going forward. Here's what Jonathan Lemire said. He's on another network for the for the AP. Here's what he said. Cut 31. And I've talked to Republicans in the last few days about this, that the delay that McConnell did in the trial, though at the time, though certainly it has allowed more and more evidence to come forward, more and more video that shows just how bad January 6th was. At the same time, it allowed a cooling off period and it allowed these Republicans to talk to their constituents, to talk to their advisors who have told them that, no, Donald Trump is still the Republican Party right now. You don't want to alienate them. And there would have been more votes to convict back on January 7th or 8th or 9th than there are today. You agree with that? Well, I think that is true, but I, I, I don't know that that's the best point. Uh, the, I think the better point is... Uh, that the pleading uh, of inciting uh, this, uh, what is called an insurrection, uh, is incorrect. Uh, the president used the word peacefully uh, when referring to uh, going up to Capitol Hill. There are so many reasons to believe that not only is this unconstitutional, but that the elements of a alleged crime do not exist here, Brian. Um, so you, if you couple that, the legal components of this and the constitutional components of this process, along with uh, the way the American people feel, uh, this looks like a knee-jerk uh, impeachment 
Uh, it has no record that was submitted to the Senate to consider. Uh, it, 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 it's out, it, it's really outrageous. And Senator, I, I personally have no problem with Liz Cheney and making her decision. I understand it. The president was the one who brought her name up on stage. Uh, and she came out and says thought it was a bridge too far. I get it. Uh, I am not somebody. I don't think it's right for Matt Gates to be going there and uh, trying to primary or whatever he's trying to do. Uh, where do you stand? Well, it, uh, it, the president should not have called her out from uh, the podium when he was addressing uh, his supporters. That was out of bounds. Uh, for my two cents worth, um, I um, do not import, uh, support impeachment because I think it's unconstitutional and e- legally infirm. Uh, but certainly, uh, if you look just at the political side of it, my state of Wyoming, over 70 percent of the people who voted voted uh, for President Trump. Uh, and uh, he is still uh, beloved in Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming people condemn law- lawlessness and do not support what happened on January 6th. Uh, but that does not take away from the feelings Wyoming people have about President Trump. Right. And, Senator, for the uh, for the most part, I always thought the party should not be canceling people, especially in their own party. They were fighting against that to go out and be canceling Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney because maybe they don't agree on this. I think that's the wrong message, don't you? Uh, Wyoming people uh, like to make their own decisions. Uh, they don't particularly like outsiders coming in and telling them what to do. Uh, so I think Wyoming people will handle this uh, over time the way that uh, Wyoming people feel is appropriate. Um, I have also called vote a vote of conscience, uh, and uh, I, I believe that uh, every person uh, who's in a unique position here representing mm-hmm. uh, the state of Wyoming or any state uh, is entitled to their opinion. Reasonable minds can differ on this. So I understand, too, back to energy just to close up. Uh, I understand that there's five attorney generals threatening to sue the president if this continues. In a letter to Biden from attorneys generals in West Virginia, Arizona, Indiana, Missouri, Montana, and Texas, quote, the president cannot constitutionally uh, cut corners or shirk statutory strictures without evidence, eventually doing more harm to our country than good. Anyone cited all they was going to bring people together. We respectfully submit that to unite requires more restraint, cooperation, and consensus. People are really upset with these executive orders. Do you see Wyoming joining a lawsuit like this, especially with an energy state like you? Well, we have uh, an appointed attorney general, not an elected attorney general, which is a, a very different posture. Um, so I do not know what our appointed attorney general will do at the direction of the governor. But certainly I support those attorneys general across the West who have taken this approach because the law is clear uh, that uh, quarterly lease sales and processing of permits uh, are required actions by the executive branch under existing law. So to just decide that in the name of climate science, or in my belief, in the name of radical progressive minority uh, that is trying to drive the Biden agenda further and further to the left, 
Um, I'm just delighted to hear that there's some attorneys general in the states that are willing to stand up to that kind of nonsense. I hear you. Senator, great talking to you. Uh, Best of luck. Keep making an impact. Thank you, Brian. You got it. Uh, Senator Loomis of Wyoming. When we come back, your calls will finish up this hour. I got to see what's on your mind and maybe find out if there's more to know. 1-866-408-7669. Brian Kilmeade Show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first, only on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Here's some more news on the COVID front. Over one million residents of Beijing have been getting tested for coronavirus in a new way that is reportedly far more accurate, which is wonderful. But here's the thing. The new test is administered by anal swab. (laughs) So this is what they meant when they said the pandemic was finally starting to turn around. That's pretty funny. Uh, but I tell you, that show suffers without an audience. I, I, I watched it like two in a row yesterday just to see what he was doing. Because word is, uh, James Corden wants to go back. He, evidently, he misses home. Why would he miss home? It's, it's locked down. Nothing to do there. Everybody's old. I don't know. Maybe he has a great estate out in the English countryside. Yeah, but I do rich. agree. It's painful when he goes in and talks to all of as you're doing now, when he goes to talk to his, all of his, you know, uh, the band and everything. They have nothing to say. Nothing. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, just not, but you know who wasn't bad? I watched uh, Conan redid his show, and I watched 15 minutes of it. It's kind of interesting. It might be worth taping. Really? Okay, good to know. I will say Conan's podcast is entertaining. So Yeah, that's what got me to watch his show because his podcast is interesting. Smart guy. I mean, so he, he did it the hard way. I mean, he was writing for these shows. He's, uh, you know, The Simpsons, and he wrote for another show. He wrote for SNL, too, I believe. Yeah, so kind of interesting, and... I think he and Howard Stern wrote wrote him up as the best interview he ever gave. Oh, he did like but him. But he is on psychological drugs. What do they call it? Psychotropics. Some, he he was just honest, right? Yeah. Going to therapy and needing some help sometimes. I always wonder too. It's like the working class people who don't go there, like they might have problems, but just no one asks them questions. I think it's like when you get a point in your life where you don't have to work every day and you can be creative. You think about yourself too much, and then you realize how flawed you are. For me, I, I like to just stay busy. So that's the real reason why you work 35 hours on television. I don't want to be introspective. Let's find out if there's even more to know. More to know. Well, the Sponsored Biden's by Oxford Gold Group. Call today to learn how you can protect your retirement and savings account. 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-GOLD. Will the Bidens ever learn? President's brother, uh, Frank Biden, a non-attorney senior advisor for the Berman Law Group, well, the firm is based in Boca Raton, Florida. Its ad features Frank Biden, printed in the January 20th edition of the Daily Business Review, based in Florida. The ad focused on the lawsuit firm is leading uh, leading against a group of Florida sugarcane companies. It features a photo of Frank, along with quotes regarding his relationship with his brother. Come on. How much more? I guess it's allowed, but are you kidding? Well, in a statement, um, they said, uh, quote, I have never used my brother to obtain clients for my firm. But by the way, how are you a non-attorney advisor? I mean, you could be a non-attorney advisor to a law firm. What good are you? I mean, if you know different policy, really, you know, things I would imagine I'm not the expert here, but 
you always need guidance, right? What's your perspective? What have you lived through? How would you advise we get a lawyer handle for this? But I thought a lawyer should be in a law firm. That's, I'm old-fashioned. Next, Facebook to dial back political content on their platform. Mark Zuckerberg said so. He said, of course, we'll still enable people to engage in political groups and discussions that they want. They can often be important and helpful. They can always be in organized grassroots movements. But one of the top pieces of feedback we're hearing from our community right now is that people don't want politics and fighting. Gee, thanks. Great timing. Couldn't have, like, thought of this before the election. When yeah, the comp- the yeah he'll change his policy apart. when the money starts flowing in on Election Day. Looking for a Sleeping Beauty, a mattress review site offers $3,000 of sleep and test out a new mattress. Sleep Junkies chosen Sleeping Beauty will be tasked with becoming an official mattress tester for the brand, brand over a two-month period. A total of the three mattresses will be sent to their home for an honest, thorough evaluation. Would you do this? I mean... Why not? If there's, I mean, it's going to be a pain in the neck, though, to like move the mattresses up to your bedroom, no? But at the uh, same time, they would not be sending them to you. You sleeping, what, four hours a Yes, eight? I'm no good. <laughs> at the end of two months, the reviewer would get their cash payout and will even be allowed to keep their favorite mattress, which can be worth $1,500. So, sleepjunkie.com if you're interested. Next, food stamp spending jumped nearly 50% in 2020. And that's not good. Next. The Jersey Devil Coaster, the world's tallest, longest, fastest single rail coaster, set to open up at Six Flags Great Adventure. 3,000 feet of soaring single rail, one uh, I-beam track, 130-foot hill lift, flying speeds at 58 miles per hour, three dramatic inversions at 180-degree stall, Raven dive, zero-gravity roll. Would you get on this? I would. I do like roller coasters, and it is in New Jersey. Do you like roller coasters? I'm not against them. I will for it, but I won't wait on a long line for it. Great adventure. Have you been there lately? Not in several years. Okay. It's because they need something. It used to be a hot thing. If you want to brave Jersey traffic, you better have a big roller coaster. They have a lot of good ones, though, I will say, and I think you can do some sort of fast pass. There are some really good ones at the New Jersey location. Next, syndicated television ratings. Jeopardy remains number one at 6.2. Wheel of Fortune, number two, 5.8. Family Feud, I'm shocked by this. People still watching this at 5.4. Judge Judy, same thing. Big Bang Theory, number one syndicated show, obviously. Inside Edition gets a 2.4. Live with Kelly and Ryan dropping, it's a 1.8. But they also said uh, Jeopardy was down 6% like the first week without Trebek. That kind of makes sense. That's why they need an Aaron Rodgers. They need some gimmicky thing. And I heard Katie Cora kind of blew her thing, right? With because their Bill Maher comments. The, 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 the programming. You don't want to turn off half the country, including Alex Trebek. Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much Kilmeade. for listening. Coming to you from New York, heard around the country, around the world. Big hour coming your way. Betsy McCoy of the New York Post wrote a story about where our vaccines are going, and it's not around America. Some are going overseas. Is that okay with you, especially when they're not coming clean about it? Kevin Hassett waits in the wings. Uh, you know, Kevin Hassett, key national security uh, economic advisor for the president, uh, President Trump, and then was asked back at the last minute when this pandemic hit. Uh, he uh, is a former Trump economic advisor. I should say worked great with Larry Kudlow. He's going to be joining us. He surprised me in saying that he thinks we need another relief package. So let's get to the big three. 
Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. And Kevin McCarthy said to me, I'm going over because he thinks that not talking is what is wrong with everybody, right? He says if everyone's going to their corners and no one is talking, you can't get anything done. And he said, I even think that Biden should talk to Trump and Trump should talk to Biden. We have to all start to figure out a way to communicate with each other. Yeah, that would help, but we're not doing it. Uh, There you go. Republicans are actively urging members to stop fighting each other. Cheney and Kinzinger find themselves under fire for condemning Trump's role in the Capitol raid. Isn't this the party that complains about cancel culture? Snap out of it, people. Come together, get back the House and Senate and save the country. Number two. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day. More than anyone in this school system. Figure it out. And I've said that over and over again. I haven't screamed it. Figure it out. Find a way. Back to school. We're getting no bucks. Does that sound fair? Irate parents have had enough. The data says back to school, back to sports. The kids are begging to go back to school. Virginia, Los Angeles, Chicago, Portland, New York. I am talking to all of you and more. Teachers, stand up to your union. Number one. We are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. That was October 15th of 2019. Joe Biden getting worse by the day. Unilateral, pure party, green ideology is what's being jammed down America's throats on a daily basis. Immigration and health care today. Biden bunch trying desperately to tell us we're all going to be better off, especially the soon to be unemployed. No joke, folks. Details coming your way. Kevin Hassett joins us now. Kevin, what were you thinking when you heard John Kerry tell us we're going to get all these people who are out of work working the pipeline and work for the and work for combustion engine cars and they get new jobs on windmills, new jobs on um uh, new jobs on electric cars, solar panel making. Oh, Brian. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. But, but you know, Casey Mulligan, uh, I'm sure he's been on your show from the University of Chicago, and I wrote a paper that was published by the Hoover Institution last fall looking at the Biden plan. And to put it in perspective, since they want everyone to move to electric cars, then if we actually moved all of the miles to electric cars, then power generation in the U.S. would have to increase by 20 per- which is a huge increase. But they also want to stop consuming fossil fuels. So if we stop consuming fossil fuels, well, 70% of power in the U.S. is generated with fossil fuels. So they're basically erasing like the entire power grid, if you think about it. And so their policies just make absolutely no sense. So the idea that by doing something like super inefficient, you're going to create jobs, it's just crazy. Here's what he said. He wants us to buy this. We're dealing with this existential threat to the planet and increasing our economic growth and prosperity are one and the same. When I think of climate change, I think of, and the answers to it, I think of jobs. Yeah, but what's he, where's the want, Ed? Tell me the jobs that you want me to take my skills to. They don't even exist yet. They're in theory when the jobs at the border and the pipeline ended two and three days ago. No, but, but even just think about it this way. If we're going to do so, everything you know, way less efficiently, uh, then how is it we're going to have more jobs, right? And, and so, so the only way it could work, this is like an old example that I used when I taught economics at Columbia University of New York, that um, you know, if you basically ban cars and make everybody go around in rickshaws, then you actually do create a lot of jobs, right? 
uh, and you actually, it's good for climate change as well. <laughs> right. And, and, rickshaw, and rickshaw sales would go through the roof. Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, there'd be a lot of jobs, you know, pulling rickshaws, you know, and people would be more fit too, right? So it'd be health benefits. But, but it's, not something, it's, almost, it's almost that crazy. So, 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 Kevin, but we're, we're living it. So what do you tell the people on the XL pipeline? What do you tell those people on yeah. the immigration front that were putting up the wall 350 miles? They were going to be working for the next two years at least. Yeah, I just feel very, very sorry for them, you know, and and, and uh, the point is, too, right, that if you're working on a pipeline and they cancel your pipeline, then, you know, that probably tells everybody else who might want to build a pipeline that they shouldn't even bother, right? And so the, the folks with those incredibly high-skilled, uh, uh, you know, welding jobs and so on, you know, presumably are going to really have a hard time, and I feel very, very bad for them. So you wrote a – so we're, we're in the middle of this pandemic now, even though a debt's – this is – Excuse me. Cases are down 34 percent over the last two weeks. Uh, deaths are down four percent. There's a I get the sense this is getting like the, the beginning of the summer when the numbers really uh, were going downward. And now with the vaccines coming out, more people getting immunity, surviving from it. We might be able to turn the corner. Yesterday, last week, you made news by saying Kevin Hassett, esteemed Trump economic advisor, thinks we need another relief bill of one point nine trillion dollars. Was that true? Yeah, you know, and it is true. And well, the 1.9 part isn't true. And, and it was actually like a classic example of like how the media hijacks you. Because I gave an interview where I said, well, and actually, I could say to you, because I know you're a numbers guy, if you look at the numbers, everything is heading south. That I think in part, it could be because people are thinking about high taxes and high regulation that's coming. But as an example, if you go back to like the end of last summer, um, you know, about 80% of the businesses that were open in January uh, were still open. So 20 percent were closed, but now it's 30 percent are closed. And, and so it's you know, both because things are you know, lasting longer, but also because the disease prevalence has gone up a lot and people are hiding in their basements waiting for a vaccine now, that it's like an unusually horrible time for businesses. And so it's definitely the case that you know, if we don't do anything like to make sure that we have enough uh, money in PPP and you know, the president, President Trump wanted to mail checks to people that were bigger than what Congress uh, sent, and, and it's because you know, small business revenue – is down. I'll actually pull the number up because we're looking right at my computer. Small business revenue is down 31 percent wow. relative to January, right? And, and, and so, so with that kind of a negative shock, of course you need more stimulus. But anyway, I did an interview uh, for CNN where I basically said, well, you know, there's some stuff of the Biden plan that we actually do need now, and then there's some stuff I don't agree with. And they ran a, the headline was has it endorses Biden plan. And that, and that you might even notice that President Biden even cited me <laughs> in, I, in one of his pressers. And, but but the point is, you know, I mean, he's got some good ideas in the plan, but he's got some really bad ideas, like a $15 minimum wage in the plan, too. And so it's not just about stimulus. You know, they're trying to take the crisis and use it to settle old political scores a little bit, too. But if you took the good parts out of his plan, I could support him. Uh, Governor Cuomo, amazing, these Republicans, these Democratic governors are suddenly realizing that there's an upside to opening up your state. Now we have Governor Newsom saying on Friday they're going to have an outdoor dining. It seems they're going to. I don't want to blow this surprise for him. And Governor Cuomo mm-hmm. on Wednesday hinted an update on the future of indoor dining at the end of the week during an Albany press conference. And remember last week he said we cannot stay locked down or we'll have no business uh, uh, businesses in business by the time we're ready to open up. Did this frustrate you inside the White House because your gut told you they were playing politics? And is this proof that they are? 
you know they you know they are they have played politics and and the the thing to think about though um and and I think this is really a serious point is that the second quarter last year was the worst quarter in US history going all the way back to World War II by a lot and because we shut down then we basically you know gave a, a like a body blow from Mike Tyson to the economy and now you know we're actually uh, looking at a year that wasn't you know, as bad as it could have been because a lot of the country opened up and because, you know, we passed a lot of uh, – in the Republican-led Congress and with President Trump and the White House, you passed a lot of stimulus. Uh, and and the stimulus – I don't really think of a stimulus. That that's what I said in my National Review piece, which I think uh, made you call me up and invite me on, that it's not really stimulus. It's relief, right? It's like the whole country got hit by a hurricane. And, you know, if we send relief down to Florida after a hurricane sweeps through Florida, then it's not a partisan issue. And, and we passed a lot of relief last year, and it saved us from the from the biggest negative shock since the Second World War. And, and so, but you know, now it's hitting us again a little bit. And if you look at what happened last year, there are a lot of places like California and New York that had way way bigger negative shocks because you know their Democratic governors, I think, you know, didn't want to open up because maybe they wanted to punish people and uh, and, and make, make them not vote for Trump or something. Because yeah, it is kind of funny you. that all of a sudden that there's a Democrat at the White House, everybody decides to. Open well, I mean, up. look at Disney. Kevin Hassett, look at Disney. Uh, Disney in California did not open. The protocols are met. There's been almost no positive tests in Disney's in Florida. And it's the same company. But states would not allow it. The numbers are the same. I mean, they're a little higher in California. And Florida is trying to work their way through it. They're trying to deal with it because they gotta, they got it. They know there's going to be a tomorrow and they want to have something left. Isn't that the best example yeah, it is a really, really good example, and and it's and the other thing that you see too is that um, you know it, it last summer everybody was saying, well, the Europeans like they stayed closed longer than we did, and now look, they don't have any COVID. But then when you know basically they opened up again, then Came the right cases back. surged. But the crucial thing is that you have to protect the vulnerable, and um, you know I think that that. I, we've done a much better job at that now than we did at the beginning. You remember Governor Cuomo sent, sending COVID patients to nursing homes. Um, and, and so people now know like what you have to do to protect the most vulnerable. And I think it's had a really big uh, positive effect. But, of course, there's still a massive number of cases, and it's a terrible, terrible disease. So, uh, obviously, if you're in the tourism business, if you're in the hotel business, if you're in bars and restaurant entertainment, if you're a comedian a musician that isn't uh, Billy Joel or John Bon Jovi where you've made enough for your life, you are suffering. That's where I think the money needs to go because they have no choice. Right. But what do Let you— Let me give you the numbers, yeah, too, Brian, because yeah. I know you love them. So and I just have them all on my computer here. So, so, so for leisure and hospitality, their revenue le- relative to last January in the U.S. for small businesses is down 63.8%. Wow. Unbelievable. Imagine having your revenue drop sixty three point. It's like it's amazing, like that anyone any business would survive in that space. No, I no, I know that. So I mean, what if Kevin Hassett was drawing up? To, can you give me five bullet points that should be in the next relief plan, and what number you're comfortable with? Because the negotiations haven't officially started yet, but already there was pushback from Democrats on a conference call on Sunday saying, "We just gave you three hundred billion for schools. You need another three hundred fifty billion for what? You're raising minimum wage is." this the right time. So there was pushback from some Democrats on this. So what would Kevin Hassett have in an effective rescue bill? Right. Well, well, 
basically there's three things. So I don't, I don't need five things. So I'm going to be easy. The first thing is that we need small business loans so that those people like the leisure and hospitality guys that have their revenue down 63.8%, that they can stay afloat until basically we can hopefully open up by late spring, early summer. Uh, the second thing is that we should mail checks to ordinary folks because there are a lot of people who are unemployed, especially low wage workers. Targeted. Um, and then finally, and find that, and, and then finally we need to make sure that unemployment insurance, which the expansion of it is going to expire, I think March, we extend that a little bit farther. So if you do all of that, then you come into the number that's well below a trillion. How do you feel about supplemental unemployment? You know, I, I think that giving people extra money right now is sort of like relief. Um, and, and so I, I don't I don't have a strong opinion. But the, the argument against it, I've, I've opposed it very much in the past. The argument against it is that if people make more not working than working, then you really discourage people from working, of course. Uh, and like last uh, June or, or May, like a typical uh, two-earner family in Tennessee would make almost $100,000 with the plus-up on unemployment insurance if they were unemployed. But if they worked, they'd make about 65000 a year. And, and, and so, so they go from 65000 a year to 100000 a year if they quit or, or if they get laid off. And so you don't want to have a circumstance like that uh, at a time when people can't actually go back to work. But, but, you know, I think that there are a lot of people like in leisure and hospitality, for example, that, you know, the worker might want to go back to work or not go back to work. But it just doesn't matter because their revenue is down 63.8 percent. So there's no jobs. The one right? thing that's and underappreciated. People in that circumstance. Helping them out, I think, feels like the right thing to do. And and where do you stand on liability insurance? Because you can't get people back to work if that if the corporation is going to get sued if someone gets sick. So how do you do that responsibly? I know Mitch McConnell was dug in on that. I thought it was a smart thing to do. Yeah, that's right. And and the the point is just that the uh, trial lawyers are heavy campaign contributors to the Democrats, and so they oppose liability reform. But if you like, open up your restaurant, and then the contact tracing guys, you know, figure out that twenty people got COVID one night at your restaurant, then they'll they'll sue you into oblivion potentially. Uh, and you know, basically, that liability protection is really important. But I think it's you know a line in the sand the Democrats won't cross. All right, Kevin, do you miss it? Do you miss the pace of the White House? <laughs> you know, I, I was really honored to have a chance to serve my country. Um, I, I went in and out of the Trump administration <laughs> twice. I think I might be the only one who did that. And, and I, I do miss all my friends there. It's an honor to serve the country, but I'm glad to get to see my family a little more now. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Kevin Hassett, thanks so much. Always appreciate you. Thanks so much, Brian. Yeah. You got it. one 408 7669 Are some of our vaccines going around the world instead of around our country? Betsy McCoy, that story in 10 minutes, but next year. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. How do you understand... <laughs> the nature of the caucus of the Republican Party that you serve with right now. This term, there are legitimate white supremacist sympathizers that sit at the heart and at the core of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. 
Yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, that's AOC. Just white supremacist. They've got to continue to do that, divide the caucus, continue to push for impeachment. Does it help the country? No. I don't even know how. She didn't even help New York. I, I can. I, she would be out tomorrow if I had my druthers. Not because she's a Democrat or a liberal. After what she did with Amazon. Because he, they were getting tax breaks, she basically embarrassed them to just saying, screw it. I don't need the bad publicity. I'm out. So many people had their apartments sold, their businesses gone. People were basically hired, and now that all of that is done. Anne, listen on WDUN in Gainesville. Hey, Ann. Hi, hi. I'm a first-time caller, Brian. Thank you. How are you? Good to talk with you. Same here. One of the things that I was that I'm not hearing anybody mention anymore is, you know, when the pandemic started, so many of our farms and ranches had to dispose of a lot of their products because nobody was working. Well, here we are now with a new administration, the out of control spending, the um, the pandemic, and the potential for you know a, a flood of immigrants across the line. You know, I wonder what kind of stress is this going to put on our food production this year? You know, I heard a commentator say that we're going to be with all the spending and the spiraling inflation that's bound to come and the devaluation of the dollar, we're going to be pushed back into the 70s. And I remember hearing stories of the seniors that had to make some drastic food choices back in the 70s. Well, it's a sobering thought. Now I'm the senior. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Josh, WMNC in Indiana. Josh. Hey, uh, sir, I was asked to come off my Bluetooth headset, but I'm driving at the moment, so I'll try to make this brief. Um, first of all, a sarcastic comment. Uh, I don't know why everybody's uh, upset about XL Pipeline. I drive for a living, and I'm seeing that McDonald's is hiring all over the place. So it seems like there are plenty of jobs out there. Just go work at McDonald's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, By the way, those who, do you know they're making six figures to do those pipelines? But go ahead. <laughs> so my serious comment, the, the senator from Wyoming who was on earlier, and I apologize, I don't remember her name. Uh, she talked Loomis. about introducing legislation. And uh, I don't know why Republicans are trying to introduce legislation. It's not going to go anywhere, even if there are a bunch of people signing on to it. Where are the lawsuits? We saw it with Texas. I know. Do what Texas doing and five other states, attorney generals doing the same thing. Uh, Watch out for them. They'll come. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. They thought the virus was in China. It had left China. It had gone to Europe and it came here for three months before they ever knew. Uh, Incompetent government kills people. Incompetent government kills people. More people died than needed to die in COVID. That's the truth. So that is Governor Cuomo blaming President Trump, I imagine, for having the virus here, which he didn't know existed, uh, three months before we knew it. So I guess that's incompetent government. Could you be saying that about China? Yeah. But no, this guy's got to play politics. And do you know he's calling himself out and doing that? Think about this story that just came out in the New York Post. uh, Cuomo's health department understated the number of New Yorkers who died in nursing homes during the early days of the coronavirus to the tune of 50 percent. It's on a 76 page report released Thursday by uh, just now by the attorney general, who, by, by the way, is tight with the governor. So this is even more brutal than we thought. That's incompetent government. You know what else is? Asking for a zillion uh, ventilators and not needing it. You know what else is? Asking for a hospital ship and not using it. And and getting the Javits Center converted to a hospital and barely touching it. That's incompetent government. Always blaming, never taking responsibility. Betsy McCoy joins us now with the New York Post. Uh, She's a great columnist there, former lieutenant governor of New York State. Uh, Betsy, welcome back. Well, thank you. And this... this, uh New report out is no surprise. The only thing that's surprising is how long it took 
uh, for the officials in the state of New York, some of them, to get to the truth. Because the fact is, it was obvious months ago. I wrote a column about it months ago saying the deaths were at least 13,000, and others did as well. What happened was, <laughs> not a, they made the mistake of forcing the nursing homes to accept patients being discharged with the from the hospitals who had COVID. That was a terrible mistake. But in fact, the real, the real sin, I will use that word, was in not reversing that mistake when so many of us in the patient advocacy world urged him that very day that it would cause many deaths. Instead, they ignored the warnings, stuck with it for many weeks, and then lied by fudging the numbers. That was the worst part. Andrew Cuomo is an inveterate liar. He will lie about anything to protect his own reputation. And in this case, the Department of Health lied about the numbers, jiggled the numbers to hide the actual number of deaths. So right now, they say uh, the undercount is consistent across the entire state. It would push the number of nursing home deaths from uh, 8,711 to 13,000. Yes. And when you think because about that didn't... ship in the Javits Center where they could have oh. come, I mean, think oh, about where they absolutely. It was terrible. It was a terrible mistake, but a mistake that turned into a crime because of the cover-up. Instead of reversing the mistake when it was called to his attention, he covered it up. And that's the Emmy Award winner, best-selling author of How to Handle a Pandemic, while it came back and started blitzing the state again. So That's right. It's he incredible. He lied about the vaccines, too. He lies at every turn. And get, But why is it he's not called out on this? <laughs> it's a one-party state. That's the unfortunate thing. So he, he shouldn't even be wielding these dictatorial powers. It's been almost a year since the pandemic began. And here he is still calling all the shots. Where is the legislature? Well, they're all Democrats, so they just kowtow to him. You would imagine there if you get no it. two-party system to hold him accountable. It wasn't too long ago when you had a two-term governor, Governor Pataki, and had a Republican mayor in uh, Mayor Giuliani. And technically Bloomberg, who just quickly abandoned the party after using the party. But Betsy McCoy, one of the things you always write uh, investigative stories in and original stuff, you bring into our attention the vaccines. And there yes. was a sense, and President Trump went out of his way to say, if we're going to come up with vaccines, it's got to be America first. What's happening? Well, unfortunately, the globalists are, are in control at the White House. And the same people who are saying, let's rejoin the Clim Paris Climate Accord, never mind that it's a disaster for America's economy, have also said, well, let's rejoin the World Health Organization and, and this is the real shocker, and sign up for the World Health Organization scheme of vaccine dose sharing. Oh, yes. That happened last Thursday. Anthony Fauci is taking the lead on this. He wants, he says, he wants vaccines to be distributed worldwide equitably. What that will really mean, if you read, if you read the World Health Organization scheme, is that every country will get its share according to population, and America will not be able to reach herd immunity this summer as we aim. We'd only be able to vaccinate about a quarter of our population instead of 70% or more. So this 
This column is a warning to the American people. These globalists act behind closed doors. They're not going to ask the public what they think. But they're already saying, oh, I've got some great quotes here. Somebody from New Jersey who's 25 years old shouldn't get it before an elderly person from Africa. Well, the fact is Operation Warp Speed was launched by America. It was paid for by American taxpayers. Americans are generous people, but we have to take care of our own first. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And that would have horrified the president, but we'd have changed presidents. Uh, And by the way, do you think that has anything to do with the fact that we seem to be suddenly out of the vaccine? Your guess is as good as mine. That's the, that's why I said in this piece, these people operate behind closed doors. You've got to you've got to watch very carefully and demand an explicit guarantee that none of the vaccines we have pre-purchased in contracts with these drug manufacturers will be ceded to other countries through the World Health Organization, COVAX project, or something else. A perfect example, Brian, of how unjust the World Health Organization is. They've been that they're sending a an investigative team uh, to determine how this how this pandemic began, but the truth comes out they're not going to they're not even going to go to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They're not even going to look c- and see if it could possibly have been created in that lab. The fact that it's a year later and they're not embarrassed to make that announcement's embarrassing. And uh, just real quick, somebody you can relate to, Governor Cuomo realizing he has a, a Democratic president now, now is making statements like he wants to open up the state. Oh, yeah. And listen to this. Cut 19. This has been economically devastating for a number of businesses, the restaurants included. Uh, so I want to get them up, as run, uh, up and running as quickly as possible. We'll announce, uh, have an announcement by the end of the week, but we're looking at going back to the 25%. 20, look at this. Look at Cuomo, yeah. Gavin uh, Newsom in California, Illinois, the big Democratic states all want to open up now because they have a new president. They weren't about to open up under Donald Trump. And it, it's sickening. I, I, it, I'm just amazed more people aren't outright outraged by this. That's right, because the numbers, if you look at the hospitalizations, the number of cases, the infection rate, the deaths, none of that would justify this, especially in California, for example. And yet, here it is happening. Betsy McCoy uh, wrote this column that they all stick out, but this one in particular, why is Biden uh, looking to give free vaccines to other nations before U.S. reaches herd immunity? We do not have an answer. We need a guarantee in writing that none of those doses will leave the United States or or be simply shipped to another country in agreement with the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, that's got to stop. Betsy, let me just ask you real quick about politics. You were former lieutenant governor of New York State chairman and founder of Reduce Infection Deaths and author of The Next Pandemic. You're, you knew more about Obamacare than Obama did. I'm, I'm not kidding. What is it going to take to get the Republican Party to be a factor again in New York? Well, the, fa- the, the very sad thing is uh, people will really have to be suffering, and they're moving toward that point. I was just thinking about this a few minutes ago. How much worse can it be in New York before it dawns on people that they need a real change? Give him an opportunity. Get him some real candidates. Betsy McCoy, right. thanks so much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. 1-866-408-7669. I see your calls up there. We have more to know as well. We still got to get these schools open. You're going to hear from a parent that really speaks for so many people that I've heard on this show and uh, even in my neighborhood. Don't move. 
There's no topic he won't touch. And there's no opinion he won't engage. One of the great joys of my life. Call in with yours at 866-408-7669. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. And that doesn't he speak for all of you who have kids, grandkids, uh, brothers and sisters who are kept out of school, colleges sitting on the outskirts in uh, off-campus apartments, uh, Zooming while paying ridiculous amounts for tuition, kids who can't experience their last high school years, and then the ones that are going to be irreparably damaged emotionally. They can't interact with kids. You can't have a good day, a bad day. You can't make progress with the teacher. You sit at home and you have no interaction. And let alone the people who got to work two jobs and can't have a family member there and work through it. Even if you are uh, the best, most attentive parent who are home during the day, that's not really what you should be doing. You need to get out. You need to go to school. You need to uh, do the interactions in the halls. And the effort should not, there should not be a problem a year later. Uh, Cheryl, listening to KRMG. Hey, Cheryl. Well, hi, Brian. I can't believe I got through, but anyway, I just wanted to say how much I enjoy your uh, tay-to-tay with uh, Chris Wallace. He's great. You two are great together, and you're, it's a lot of fun to listen to both of you, and you should have him on more often. I know, but he, he'd rather hang out with celebrities. Well, uh, yeah, that's and, his whole and thing. All, he was a celebrity. Yeah. Well, and... You know, inquiring minds have wanted to know about your schedule, if you ever got home, or if your children even know who you are. But um, I left pictures at the did. house. Like, they see pictures, like, for big occasion. I make sure they take pictures at graduations <laughs> so they have something to look at. I also have a few sketches, you know, and, they, you know, they could always FaceTime me. Uh, they can FaceTime <laughs> Well, anyway, it's just uh, you're just in, um, it's just so much fun to listen to you every day, and I love your sense of humor, and I just think you're great, and mm-hmm. uh, can, you know, I hope to hope you're on for a long, long time. I did have to, I have to say, you do talk very, very fast. <laughs> it took me a long time to get the phone number. I had to <laughs> repeat it several times. <laughs> one eight six six four oh eight seven six six nine thank you cheryl appreciate your support over in oklahoma and uh when i book my book comes out in the fall i will make sure oklahoma is a stop if i'm allowed to see people in person by then uh face to face or at least look people in the eye as their face is covered Uh, let's find out if there's even more to know more 
to know. Kind of sad. Sean King, the wife of Larry King, opened up about her final moments with her late husband. He got the coronavirus. He said we were able to FaceTime in the hospital. It was hard for him to talk, but one message he wanted to make sure he heard was, I love you and take care of the boys. He's got two kids uh, with her. Uh, Larry has two sons, 21-year-old Chance and 20-year-old Cannon. Then he lost his other kids earlier on. He basically uh, died from an infection with sepsis. So it's uh, a horrible ending for Larry King, who had a great life, right? No, absolutely. And the thing was, too, everyone was reporting initially, right, that he died of COVID. But she said it ended up being sepsis. You know, he had a lot of other things going on that he heard COVID. And she said, quote, all of our hearts sunk, but he beat it. You know, he beat it. Um, and he did it, but it took its toll. And then an unrelated infection is finally what took him. But boy, he was not going to go down easily. Right. And he's cancer and everything. Mm-hmm. We already know he used to smoke for a while. Uh, next, Shaquille O'Neal is coming to the Super Bowl. He thinks the usual Super Bowl pregame coverage is super lame. So he's created his own event with a ton of famous friends. And he's calling it the Shaq Bowl. Tebow, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the Miz, of course, the wrestler, Anthony Anderson, Nelly, uh, Offset, and more are all booked to, com- to, uh, to compete in various crazy events at a custom-built Shaq Bowl Stadium in Tampa on February 7th. So I guess there's going to be something going on. I'm not going to the Super Bowl. It's not even entertained. Well, I was going to say, all of his friends are going to be there. Why wasn't your name on the list? I know. I am. Um, we did play together in high school. Uh, he got all the he, uh, he got all the headlines. He made a lot more um, uh, he made a lot more baskets. But there is that famous time on Fox and Friends, right, where you're trying to shoot on him, and he just swatted the ball away from you. He got lucky because yes. uh, he knows my game so well. Next, Michael Strahan tested positive for the COVID nineteen. You know he's good for Good Morning America. Football fans also noticed he only appeared remotely for the other gig on Fox NFL Sunday. That's because Michael taking precautions. He was told on Saturday he'd been exposed at some point last week. He's not currently experiencing any severe symptoms, but he did test positive. Uh, We also learned that Strahan's daughters came into contact with him after he'd been exposed, so they're going to get tested, too. The good thing he's feeling okay so far, so that's good. Bad news for men. Pamela Anderson married, married a bodyguard, much like the movie. Remember the movie? Yeah, with Whitney Houston. And Kevin Costner. They they end up getting married. No, he left her at the end. Right? Did they ever get married? Eric, do you know? Did you watch The Bodyguard? It's so long ago, I totally forget. It was a good movie, though. Yeah. Can you uh, look it up? Yeah, could you go there? Yeah, uh, Pamela Anderson tied the knot for the fifth time. It's only been five. The actress and her muscle, Dan Hayhurst, got married Christmas Eve in a private ceremony at her Vancouver Island home located in Canada, where Vancouver's located. Pamela says she fell in love with Dan during the coronavirus lockdown. So, so it, it wasn't bad for everybody. I was going to say something good came out of lockdown. Right. And put it this way. You got to know, too, if you're the bodyguard, are you picking me because you're the only person you've seen? You know, I mean, she's like, look, I might as well marry you. You're the only one who's been cleared. With the rapid test and being that you're with me all the time, we might as well be married. I mean, do they need a bodyguard now as a couple? That is a good question. But, I mean, as a guy, are you like, is that... You can get Pamela Anderson. Do you really care how? Did you find out that Whitney Houston married Kevin Costner? I'm Googling Kevin now. <laughs> that, I mean, don't get distracted. And real quick, Bernie Sanders' inauguration bobsled sales explode. Bobblehead sales have exploded. His bobblehead is on fire. Roughly 20,000 people snatching up this special inauguration day figure, leading to a massive $10,000 to charity donations. Remember how depressed he looks sitting there in that, in that suede coat and those mittens? So everyone said put him and memed him like crazy. So now they made it a bobblehead, and now they sold. Uh, we've sold at least one figure. 
in all 50 states. That's a dozen and a dozen different countries and five continents. This is a guy that doesn't smile and never accomplished anything. Go ahead. But he's sort of But okay, so for the bodyguard, you're right. They did not end up together. Um, basically, they end one passionate kiss, and she's about to take off on the plane. She orders it to stop. That's when they kiss, and you see her performing I Will Always Love You, and Kevin Costner, Frank, is elsewhere keeping a vigilant eye on his next assignment. So he moved on. They knew it would never work out. Right, because she's the entertainer, and his life is bodyguarding people. Exactly. So right. What's that say for Pamela Anderson? And, uh, and is it true you should never, uh, as a bodyguard, you should never really make out with your client? Probably a good rule of thumb, except in lockdown. (laughs) Except in lockdown, you couldn't marry him. Now it's okay. Everything's locked down. Everything goes back to Kevin Costner and Pamela Anderson. Why is that? The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.